I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadley Boys, Michael Hamplett from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, I'm joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown tonight. Now, Michael Hamlet, I know I've sent you the notes already, but pretend I haven't. Do you know what they've advertised for tonight's episode of SmackDown? Go on, hit me with it. Nothing at time of recording. <laughs> and often this happens that it will announce stuff later on in the day and it sort of catches us on the, uh, on the back foot. But we've got a lot of stuff to do today. We've got a preview rampage a little bit later on as well. Uh, and we've got hashtag WrestleCulture with a hashtag bloody good quiz. It's been a long old week, so we're going to try and get this one squirreled away. And I looked and they have advertised absolutely nothing for this week's show. We're going to be speculating basically on what's going to go down. And the most obvious place to start, I suppose, Hamlet, is... The situation around the world title now that Brock Lesnar is suspended. I love what they did with this last week, I've got to say. Yeah, it was pretty great, this was. And one of the few, I guess, speculative points that feels that we're not reaching for Mm. something to talk about because WWE obviously haven't bothered advertising something themselves. Did they listen to our Dynamite review yesterday where I went on the great defence of the importance of normalising discussion and masturbation because they've made a wanker out of me here. (laughs) I'm expected as along, you know, with you in preparation of this to try and, I don't know, find their stories. And, you know, like of all the weeks where you would have anticipated SmackDown to have a lineup of matches, a lineup of angles that are not just things we're speculating on, but things that are announced, whether it be in-ring promos, so-and-so speaks on shocking situation. You've got the um, disastrous belt exchange that you would imagine they might as well make the most of and promote that Charlotte will comment on last week's controversy, you can keep that vague and probably draw a number. Mm. Charlotte Flair comments on last week's controversy. Like, people are going to want to know, well, are you talking about the, the real-life stuff we know about? Are you talking about what we saw in the ring, which was as horrific as the real-life stuff we heard about? Then you've got this thing that we're starting with, this Brock Lesnar um, situation. What next for Adam Pearce, for Brock Lesnar, for the Universal Championship, all of that kind of stuff. 
these might not be matches, but they are events. And this is what the so last week would have counted as a season premiere of SmackDown on Fox, wouldn't it? Because it was the first night with the new roster. So this is your first week proper, I guess. And there's a just a just a real grim arrogance to that when they're paid a billion dollars for this. I like not to get off on a tangent when we're talking about Brock being suspended and that, but it just it's like stuck out to me that when we come to this story in particular, why would you not promote like look, we do this on podcast. Why would you at least not say fallout? Yes. They're not even giving us that. The ultimate safety net. Fall out from the thing you've actually done. And they're not they might potentially not. We might talk about this now and they potentially might not even bother their arses to talk about it themselves. So just that's just to sort of feels like a disclaimer for why all of this could be redundant when mm. the episode's aired. You know, I think that the suspension angle was fantastic last week. It was a real not for the first time in the story, a real gamble to spend the better part of half an hour of a two-hour show on one story. And yet it felt totally organic. It felt totally earned. It was um, full of endeavour and full of the idea that I guess they're going to want to potentially keep Roman Reigns and uh, Brock Lesnar heated for another day. That day is increasingly looking like it's going to be WrestleMania. So this was the reason to write him off. I want Adam Pearce reporting from a hospital bed, <laughs> doing the trembly-lipped, like all of his body in a cast, trembly-lipped, bruised face, saying, if it's up to me, Brock Lesnar never wrestles on my show again. And then it cuts to Roman Reigns with a smirk. He's like, well, look, if this is Adam Pearce's choice, I guess there's nothing I can do about it. Brock, you obviously didn't want to fight me that much that you were willing to risk your entire career just to avoid it. When we've seen Roman Reigns for the first time in this character, running scared. We've always admired that with this character, he tries to hide. That he's quite afraid of the challenges. Mm. He puts, he tries to manipulate the situation. He puts the Usos in front of himself, all that kind of stuff. Last week, he literally ran. He ran scared. He's given the game away with Brock. And now he can theoretically manipulate the situation to a huge advantage until the day that Brock can finally return. I love what they've allowed to happen here. I wish they'd thought in advance to promote some of it. Yeah, I... It'd be interesting if they do some sort of storyline where Paul Heyman is campaigning for Brock Lesnar's suspension to be lifted, but argues that it's because Roman Reigns wants to prove once yes. and for all brilliant, yes, beat Brock Lesnar. And then it's, yeah, again, that, that age-old question, well, whose side is well, he really on? He's the one that keeps putting the thumb on the paperwork sort of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, out, out front, he's desperate to get it done. But yeah, yeah, I like all that. It's sort of a weird dynamic as well, because normally I'd sit here and go, what happens now, Brock Lesnar suspended? Well, we are, what, three weeks, just over three weeks away from Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So you'd suspect, just do some red versus blue bollocks. But then on the red brand, we just crowned a new number one contender. So are they going to hot shot someone into the title picture for Survivor Series? Is Roman Reigns going to announce, I'm going to be the team captain for SmackDown? So maybe they don't have a champion versus champion match, but Roman's putting that five on five match. Maybe something like that. The fact that they have not been um, clear yet with what they're going to do with the men's titles. Becky Lynch last week, you remember, said, I'll see whichever one of you it is at Survivor Series. So that was a tacit acknowledgement that we're going to get Raw Women's Champion versus SmackDown Women's Champion. It's also pretty cool that Becky Lynch was arrogant enough to assume that she would keep that title when she could lose it to Bianca Belair on Raw on Monday. So what we currently see is Becky versus Charlotte for for several reasons could suddenly be Bianca versus Sasha, couldn't it? Yeah. In the Champion versus Champion match within a couple of weeks. Um, But it's odd that they've not addressed that at the the top level in the men's uh, division because... 
as you say. Uh, Seth Rollins was established as a contender for Big E. Big E went a long way to putting over Drew McIntyre's guts uh, in his loss uh, to Big E at uh, Crown Jewel. So Drew McIntyre having guts and bravery and confidence extended to him arriving on SmackDown kind of makes him the perfect opponent for this Roman Reigns right now. They fought at Survivor Series last year and Drew can say, look, I know where I went wrong against you last year. It's not going to happen again. And I've seen the fear in your eyes with Brock Lesnar and I have no fear of Brock Lesnar. I beat him at WrestleMania. So you need to fear me. And then you've got two fairly heated title matches for Survivor Series. If you want to do that instead of champion versus champion, I'm not against it. I love the idea of Roman rather aggressively leading a Raw, uh, a SmackDown team. Yeah. Raw. I like the idea that for for one night he extends his table like Alan Partridge's. Yes, it's an extender. <laughs> he extends the table that he's the head of to include other members of the roster for one night that if they were to win, get his, not get his friendship, but get his support on SmackDown. Roman Reigns, is a, we've seen this in the past, is a powerful friend to have on SmackDown. So if things were to go well for Team SmackDown that Roman Reigns was the head of, then that benefits them. And crucially, and again, this is all fantasy booking because we've got no reality with which to work. If Roman Reigns was to lead a SmackDown team, I would advocate for the first time in a long time of having one team be made up entirely of heels and another team be made up entirely of baby faces because it doesn't matter who's on Raw and who's on SmackDown as fans. But if you've got all SmackDown guys that happen to be villains and all Raw guys that happen to be heroes, we've actually got a team to cheer for. Imagine that. Like, oh, well, I guess, I guess we're Team Raw for the night because they're the baby faces. Yeah. They can actually simplify the process if they want to. My gut is telling me we're going to get two championship matches. I think Big E and Roman will both defend their titles on the night and the uh, Raw versus SmackDown stuff will be left to the team matches and the undercard belts, and I say undercard belts with a heavy heart, but let's not pretend that that belt exchange last week would have happened with the men. They view these women's titles as intercontinental and US belts at this point. Uh, that's on them, not on us for our perception of them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Do, do you think they're going to go straight into the Drew feud, or do you think Roman's going to duck him and say, you need to rack up some wins on this blue brand before I'm going to face you? Um, I don't know. I think he could say that, and that would be how it would be how they've booked Roman so far. However, he's he might not have the sympathy of remaining authority figure Sonia Deville at this point. He might she might look at what's happened to Adam Pierce as as much Roman's fault as it as it is Brock's. She's established a bit of a rivalry with Naomi, who we are still wondering if she's going to end up turning to the bloodline for support against them. So maybe that that divide there leaves Roman a bit short of power on SmackDown and he kind of doesn't get his way and he gets Drew whether he wants him or not. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Sonya Deville, actually. You've got this uh, intriguing stuff going on with Naomi that they keep referencing. I loved the touch last week of Naomi being like, I want to fight tonight. She's like, I'm kind of busy, Naomi. Hmm. But Postman Pierce, like you say, is probably still going to be in the hospital for the foreseeable future. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of authority figure storylines for obvious reasons. But the, they've established these two as sort of counterbalances to each other. And now one's gone. Sonya Deville getting drunk on power, especially not just with regards to Naomi, but other things, could make for some interesting stuff. Yeah, the, I think the issue they're going to have here um, is how the... Um, like the babyface heel dynamic, ultimately. Mm. Uh, Naomi came to SmackDown and she'd appeared, at least, on the surface to have 
stripped herself of a lot of the um, more colourful aspects of her character. Like she obviously still has like a lot, a lot of the, the feel, the glow, iconography and all that kind of thing. But all of that seemed to be taken a step back because she was wanting to get serious. And then Sonya Deville kind of pied her and wouldn't let her be serious, wouldn't let her get started the way she wants. So that's when all the bloodline speculation starts you know, for obvious reasons because of her links with the Usos and she's married into the family that Roman feeds, basically. There, there's your easy in for this. Um, however, the Shayna Baszler match seemed to suggest, rather unfortunately, that we were getting the very, very played out babyface versus heel authority figure story. We were getting this, rather than there being a bit of, hesitant to say nuance, but a little bit of nuance to it, of the idea of Naomi actually being in the right, like all the best heels, turning, not because she's telling you I'm turning, Cody, mm-hmm. but saying, um, I tried. I tried my best to do it that way, and I couldn't do it that way, so I'm doing it this way instead. And this way is joining up with Roman and the Usos. They've had her get like squashed and patronised and ignored and abused, and I think it's really hard to do the, the self-righteous heel turn when we're all on her side. Mm. Like the day that she actually... If, she, if that was to happen and she was to snap and she was to go to Roman and Paul Heyman to get assistance in this particular dilemma, we'd all be with her, wouldn't we? Because mm. Sonya Deville pinned her with one boot on her after Shayna Baszler choked her out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, like, I'm not, not interested in this, but I think a lot of that is rooted in my biases to the performers. I wonder, if you trade this storyline and you put in um, Constable Corbin as the authority figure... And why can't I think of a guy that would suit the Naomi role? I don't mean to bury him. John Morrison, right? John Morrison and Constable Corbin doing this story. And I, I just don't care. I do not care. No. I've got a certain investment in both these performers that I want this to go well more than I'm necessarily seeing it on television at the moment. I'm slightly concerned it's going to be the more played out. Oh, I hate you, but I want to represent Team Blue on Sunday in three weeks. So... I should be in the team and Shayna Baszler is automatically in there. Maybe she's even team captain and Naomi has to prove herself for some bollocks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that sounds, now you say it, a campaign to be to be on a team that really, like, why would she want to be on it and why would the team want her? But they'll just ignore those and have a campaign to be on it anyway. That's a, What that is, what you've pitched there, Will Vaughan, and this is not a dig at you, is a way for them to fill three weeks of television. <laughs> something for them to say while they think of how they can make the story make sense. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, now, we saw a lot of, uh, at least, showcasing of the new arrivals on SmackDown uh, last week. We got the uh, in-ring debut of Hero, and uh, we saw little vignettes with Bridge Bloody Holland and uh, uh, this little video package promoting Zia Lee and Aaliyah saying she's going to make this place more bougie or whatever it was. And Seamus, take some time off, mate. You deserve it. You earned it. <laughs> But he's coming back. Do you think we're going to see maybe more from them? Maybe an in-ring debut for the likes of Ridge Bloody Holland or Zia Lee tonight? I think both of those names specifically actually seem ideal um, for becoming, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Wild card picks for the, the Survivor Series teams. Mm-hmm. Unknown entities, but that are willing to wear the T-shirt for the night. Ridge Bloody Holland from the old NXT, the pre-2.0 NXT, really knows his way around a squash. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I remember enjoying Rich Holland knows how to be the guy that batters people and that's what he has to be because that's what he looks like so you don't need to do any more with Rich Holland over the next couple of weeks to make him um, the, the the unknown quantity on Team Smackdown that can really do damage he could score a quite prominent pinfall at the Survivor Series on somebody before he's counted out i got your answer right here your hand, your, hand is, your hand is up boy Ray Mysterio. Oh, there we go. Ridge Holland, Ridge Bloody Holland, pinning Ray Mysterio, a megastar, going over is going over at a star's expense um, at the Survivor Series would be ideal. Not least because, as we've always said, the Mysterios are destined to split at the Survivor Series. Yeah, we always said, didn't we? Survivor Series twenty twenty one. So that could be the uh, Ridge Holland could injure Ray Mysterio to such an extent that he needs to be carried to the back on his son's shoulders. Bang, electric chair on the Survivor Series ramp. Well, what I was going to say is, yeah, he beats, eliminates Rey Mysterio, then gets into it because Dominic Mysterio, who's just the bloody cheerleader for Raw, right? Is there a ringside? <laughs> gets into it with him and gets counted out. And Dominic can turn around to his dad and say, I scored more bloody eliminations than you did and I wasn't even the sodding match, dad. Electric chair on the ramp, you prick. <laughs> I want to see if you really bleed red, dad. Um... <laughs> I like you've got about two or three weeks where you put Ridge Bloody Holland in one or even two squashes, and then he just appears backstage. Like you've got like the, the SmackDown regulars, the guy, the guys we're sick of seeing. You, you know, your your Corbins and the like saying we need to get a team together. And he's like, "Well, I'm on team. <laughs> like, who are you? I'm Ridge Bloody Holland, and I'll see you at Survivor Series." And that's it. Like, there's no more that he like he he doesn't ask for a place. He doesn't campaign to get a spot. He just decides that he's getting his big pay-per-view bow in two, three weeks' time because what the hell is anybody who's say to stop him? I, 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 I think that's a route for Ridge Holland and not too dissimilar for Zia Lee. 
she, for all we, um, we enjoyed the Xylee repackage in a number of ways, should yes. we say. There were points at which her violence was legitimately impressive and we were like, ah, oh, this might actually get over because they've just fine-tuned some of the stuff that Xylee is really good at. Because she's arrived without the thousand-year-old dragon ghost, is there a chance that we just get the high, hard-kicking Xia Li mm. and she takes some poor woman's head off and in much the same way, she also strolls into a spot on Team SmackDown for the Survivor Series. It just, I don't know, the Survivor Series now is such a strange thing. What was once the first points where the seeds were planted for WrestleMania just becomes this curious varsity event where people <laughs> wear flags, wear T-shirts and wave flags. So why not? try and get some people over on it instead. I, I like the idea of giving us thinking about Zaylee, like you say, in this, this, you know, um, it was, you know, an accident what she did to Mercedes Martinez on NXT mm. when she knocked her clean out. But you could, I'm not saying lean into that, but make, give us something different other than like, oh, bloody hell, she's, she's pretty dangerous. And then she does her thing and squashes her. Cause like you say, we're going to get that with Bridge Holland and probably more of that with top dollar and hit row and what have you. Right. I'd give her the walk-off KO. That kick, mm. I wanted to hit it on a jobber and just leave and the referee yeah. just wave the match off because he's like, well, she's out. She's out cold, automatic win for Zia Lee. Just to give it that sort of dynamic, I think, just to give us something a little bit different. Like you say, she's got great potential. You've got the addition potentially down the line of the thousand-year-old dragon lady. So there's just <laughs> so much great things to look forward to with her. And yeah, I don't think they're going to be doing too much too soon with Aaliyah just yet. I think she's going to slowly be established. And like I said, for Sheamus, I love him. He's one of the most underrated wrestlers in WWE. But go away. Make me miss you for a bit. Because I feel like he's just switching brands and he's like, oh, I'm back on SmackDown. And I was like, I remember you being back on SmackDown about six months ago and getting piss chucked in your face. So (laughs) let's have a bit of a break. Uh, A new uh, character person's uh, been around for a fair old while, is, of course, King Woods, uh, Michael Hamflet. What next from him? Um, so last week, we got more than just nice visuals and mm. celebratory uh, moments for Woods. Obviously, he, he just really wanted this, and that could have been enough, but you got the impression from what they did with him after the fact that they're going to try and make this count. They're going to make more than just a bit of wish fulfillment on Woods' part. The New Day are so fantastic for WWE and not just because they're over and they're so unified and you can just, they're one of the few acts in WWE that you can genuinely rely on. They'll try and elevate bad material whenever they can and when they get good material, their stuff is great. So you've got like so much faith in their ability to get stuff over. And I look at something like this and think, well, if he's managed to get to the point where he's actually been given the Cape Crown and Scepter, Who's to say that he's not going to be given all the other things he wants, which is to be a fairer king. They're going to be able, for the first time ever, to use this monarch role as a babyface one. Now, it shouldn't make sense. Burn all the monarchies. However, (laughs) um, he wants to be benevolent. He wants to use his status to help others. He wants to throw a ladder down instead of pulling it back like every other person, a king or queen has, you know, in that position. And I love that. This could be an opportunity to help elevate new talent, to rescue those that are being squandered or drowning on SmackDown. You've got in there, you could even do a babyface version of, remember Corbin's very brief Knights of the Lone Wolf? Mm -mm. Imagine people 
or even to be honest, the Usos. Imagine people that want to help Xavier Woods for good rather than for evil. They want to be close to his power, if you can call it power, but they want to be close to it so that everybody can have a better time on SmackDown. The Usos do it because they want to preserve Roman's status. The Knights of the Lone Wolf did it because they wanted to help Baron Corbin. Every base, every sort of running guy for a heel king or a heel boss in the past has done so to preserve something for the few. What if Xavier Woods got people together for the many? And you could have Xavier Woods, who I believe is an American man, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Kofi Kingston, Jamaican mm. man, of course. <laughs> right. There's international wrestlers across that roster, whether they're from Ireland or England or wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. The Justice League of Nations. Oh my God. I thought you were going to say, like, have him like, build a little Titanic boat and he was going to be king of the world. <laughs> but Look, I like Justice League of Nations. Yeah, no, just got nice, nice things as a king instead of nasty ones. I think that's like genuinely an avenue that's never been explored in pro wrestling. So do it now. They're not going to do this because they want to preserve him for some reason. But the obvious first feud for me that he just wins because he's the king and what have you is the other king, the former king. Happy Corbin, because not only have you got Happy Corbin, but you've got a Mad Cat Moss, so you've got ready and waiting singles match. Another singles, different match with the alternates. Then a tag match. It's not difficult, is it, to book this? And yet, they've gone back to... I love them. I love Shinsuke and Books, but they've gone back to Shinsuke and Books, and I watched that for about six months earlier this year. Oh, I know, man. I know. Like... Again, I think I, I think I alluded to this in the review because I was just in such a blind fury about the belt exchange still. But has there ever been a luckier match than the latest Nakamura Corbin thing? Because then you nobody would be talking about it after that dreadful <laughs> main event segment. They'd get like they'd be given a let off this week or a pre. But yeah, no more of that. You're right. The uh, that there's a real obvious direction to do as a, as a first view for King Woods. I also love the like, New Day guys that have actually made comedy work on WWE main roster. Just looking at Madcap Moss with disgust, like the like no selling his jokes in the way that everybody else is doing, but in a way that WWE can actually reflect on screen. And Corbin can immediately get his heat back, so he loses the feud with the King. I don't know whether the, I don't think the crown should be on the line, but he wants to be able to be able to boast and say he's beaten a King. He never actually should, by the way, WWE. But afterwards, he comes out and goes, "Yeah, well." And then this is not informing a future gimmick. You do not need to change his name again. But he says, yeah, well, maybe I didn't beat the king. But I've been online and I've paid for a plot of land. And now I am officially a lord. I am lord. <laughs> you don't have to call me that. You'd have to change his fucking Tron. But he's immediately got his heat back and you've moved on. And Xavier Woods is elevated by beating him, potentially. You know, bugger this up. And Corbin doesn't lose anything because he's still just an annoying rich bastard with a bloke who tells, I mean, quite funny jokes in my opinion, but, you know, annoying jokes to others. I will not have the formal title of the great Nicholas Bentner besmirched on this podcast, Adam Willborn. Um, that, that man is a lord and I do not want Nicholas Bentner in league with Baron Corbin. I'm just, I'm just reminding myself of that promo where he's... It's it's Lord Stephen Regal and uh, who else? And they they talk about. Oh, I feel like I've been on a frog on a bicycle. <laughs> it's a Dave Taylor, isn't it? When they're, they're, they're and Earl Robert Eaton in WCW, <laughs> you just do a dropping all these British idioms, and they just think, oh, that must be our Lord speak. 
Right, we've uh, avoided it for long enough, Anne, but let's talk about this Charlotte Flair controversy and uh, how WWE deal with it tonight. You've got Sasha Banks, obviously, as a potential next challenger, um, but will they make reference to the outside the ring stuff? I mean, Sonya Deville tried to bloody fight her last week, upon, according to backstage reports. Yeah, I think you'd be mad not to. I think you need to do what nobody was advised to do during the height of COVID and lean in to <laughs> the stuff that went down with Charlotte Flair. Um, she is a lightning rod and we've learned over there that it used to be that the if you were acknowledging something that was going on in or something that was going on that maybe only the the internet wrestling fans knew about back when that was a subsect rather than everybody um, <laughs> deemed that you were going too niche you know you were going to um, obscure and that only a small portion of the audience would get it on AEW Dynamite this week Cody Rhodes said he wouldn't turn and addressed literally the word, the narrative. That's the company that understands that if you're plugged in, you're kind of plugged in all the way now. Mm-hmm. And I would quite like WWE to acknowledge that more people are plugged in than not. I genuinely, I said this at the start of the podcast, I think they were mad not to sell this tonight. I think you'd have people tuning in, like a load of curiosity. That story was massive last week mm-hmm. and it ran and ran and ran. It started with what the freak was that segment. Then it extended to Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair had words. Then it was Charlotte Flair has been escorted out. Then it was Sonia Deville tried to decker. When you've got one of these tales that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and there was more to it than we first thought and the follow-up reports and all this, the story that broke about Charlotte Flair herself was unhappy because she wanted to put Bianca Belair over in that raw match that didn't get a finish. You know, there's like so much, so much of this is out there and in the ether. And it's not just, we need to get away from this idea of JBL, internet fans in your mom's basement. No, the whole world's got Twitter on the phone, you stupid old bastard. Like, <laughs> you've used it enough to talk about rugby or whatever it is you get up to with your rich man's time. Like, it's, it's, for there, it's there for everybody and everybody knows. And I would love Charlotte Flair to, for the first time in a long time, have a purpose in one of her promos. Like, yeah. I know what you all think of me, and I don't care. Uh, I'm the queen. I've always been the queen of this place, and it doesn't matter what colour my belt is, because, and it doesn't matter if I throw those belts to the ground, because I'll always be validated as better than everybody around here. And then Sasha Banks is the first one to contest that, and she comes out and says, Charlotte, I've beaten you on television more times than I've had hot dinners, um, and nobody wants you around, and everybody's rooting for me to beat your ass, take your title, and kick you out of WWE forever. And you've got this electrified yeah. singles match between Charlotte and Sasha Banks. These old rivals coming together under a completely new context. Like I, They might still do that. I just find it odd that they haven't promoted it. And maybe, just maybe, the situation is genuinely too um, tempestuous at the moment to do it. Maybe like we're recording this very early on a Friday morning in America. It's not yet Friday day. The wrestlers haven't turned up for work at this moment. Who knows what the vibe is when Charlotte gets there? Who knows if there's meetings to be had, if there's consultations or, or what? I don't know. Um, but I just seven days ago, you would have come away from what happened last week, what, seven, six, five, four days ago. You would have come away from all of these stories and thought, the world's watching here. Mm. It's like it's, it's wrestling, man. You got to capitalize. No, I've got to agree with you. I think you have a potentially white hot storyline on your hands. Again, as we often talk, what about the attitude era? Blending in that reality that they so often try to deny. They try and make up these fake things 
and no one buys it because we know how the industry works. And then when great stuff lands in your lap, WWE tries to obscure it so often, lean into it. Absolutely got to agree with you. But I reckon what actually is going to happen is they're going to have a backstage segment, right? They're not even going to pay any mention of it in terms of a Charlotte Flair promo or anything like that. And instead, we're going to have some goober backstage dressed up like Charlotte Flair. Someone else is dressed up like Becky Lynch. And one of them's got, I don't know, what do you eat at Halloween? A bit of pumpkin pie. And Good another one's got a bloody, I don't know, a toffee apple or something. around this time of year, isn't it? And they've got, and someone, and Sonya Deville's there going, you've got to swap, swap them over, guys. And they're tugging away at it and then want to chin Sonya Deville and knocks her into the punch or something because it's oh, the only so way like, they can get around this. They're going to frame it. You, I didn't even consider Halloween. This was the night that changed John Cena's life because of a Halloween party. Why would they not do, oh, you've nailed it. What a way to like, you. I, I see why you put this bullet point last now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I get Humphrey to try and fire him with a bit of earnest analysis and I'll just blow over his mind with this incredible, definitely what they're going to do Halloween party idea. And that's our podcast. You, that's, that is 100% what we're going to get. We're gonna, you know, you were saying earlier on, we're like, maybe I'll save uh, Aaliyah. No, they won't. She'll be dressed up as Becky Lynch tonight. <laughs> First thing on the brand, dresses up like another wrestler. Honestly, sometimes I think that they get in and go, what are we going to do for SmackDown? Well, they said on the SmackDown preview, just do that. Probably that'll do, won't it? <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, we've no idea what to expect tonight, but do let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. What I say, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, of course, and don't forget to subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, our AW Rampage preview coming a little bit later on today and wrestle culture with a hashtag bloody good quiz and we'll be back to review all of those shows on monday as well of course but for now this has been the smackdown preview my thanks to michael hamlet thank you for joining us and we will see you soon hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.